0: Just by saying I'm going to be tough on drugs. I mean, at this point, I would hope the way to win an election is to show compassion Haven't for we people. Haven't we seen enough
1: toughness? I have personally. I had enough. <sighs>
0: All and right, Mike The, the up ultimate next.
1: tough guy has just walked into the Mike studio. Mike Perini up yes. next. <laughs> Mike Perini's coming up next. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Joe Riley's coming in next week. Everybody, nice. so get your listening ears on. All right. Om Shri Hanumate
2: Off his box, a box of chocolates. Would I know to stay away? What's oh, that? Hand over his box, a box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay.
3: It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food every Thursday at 6.30. Today it's all about food and complications, and whose life is not full of food and complications. Well, needless to say. When you think of food of complications, I think pretty much the same thing you're thinking. You probably think Celine Dion, hamburgers. Well, you get my drift. But in the meantime, before we talk about Celine Dion, hamburgers, and the meaning of life and all of that... Let's listen to some spring music because it is spring and it's time to clear your mind of every possible last vestige of thought in your brain. This should do it, I'm thinking. This is a nice treatment of, of Mockingbird Hill and I'd like to invite you all to sing along, so go ahead. Oh, it's in Swedish.
4: Yeah, all our songs <tries> are ready. Oh, canonsfinken, are you ready? That's amazing. How are we going to do it with the rostskarve? Are you ready? Well, then I think we'll take it and set oh it had Varje morgon, vid femtiden, vaknar jag tvärt kvitt. Och går ut ur min stuga så glad och alert kvitt, kvitt. Jag försäkrar det lilla besvärt Är det värt Jag dubblar Att få lyssna till foglarnas morgonkonsert. Tralala, hoho,
5: trilililili När solen går upp Hörs trass den klara strupen För att ej få en tuff Högre? grej. Yeah. Högre grej då. Ja. Yeah. Vad? Yeah. Vad säger du? <tryck> Tra la la, oh oh, tri li, li, li de mår jag så bra. Man har så mycket vänner, bland små joklarna. Se, där simmar en smörgås med ungarna sju Oj i vassen hör svanknulens glada i <skratt> Ifrån som pegens sumpegens Och på fältet där borta slår lärgan sin fru Tralala, hoho, lili lili, li, hörs lott, och svar Och i Tralala, oh, triv, 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 kom lyssna och se På alla våra vänner bland små voglar ne ah, ah, ah,
4: Hör på mitt benans kik, kik När solen går upp Och hör på lutsångarnas pjur, pjur Från en martallens topp Hör på uppskärran Och talltruten Kik! Och
5: ska jag... Nej men jag här... Martin Martin! ja ro I dungarna trynt hagen Vid mitt hem i bor.
3: Now I know everybody was singing along because I certainly was, especially with the, with the, with a with the bird noises and stuff. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and life gets complicated. You heard all kinds of things in that record, the bird sounds, uh, words and sounds, and, well, it's just hard to really express because I've lost my mind. But moving on right now to a special contest that happened recently. Michigan teams were involved in this contest called the Rube Goldberg Contest. This was an opportunity for different teams across the country to assemble a hamburger, And why assemble a hamburger? Why have a contest? Because the idea was to create a system with which to assemble the hamburger in the most complicated way possible. The Purdue team actually was able to assemble a hamburger in 156 easy steps. Before a crowd of more than 1,500 people earlier this month, Saturday, April 5th, I believe it was, at the Purdue University Armory, the team came away with first prize in the 2008 National Rube Goldberg Machine Contest. Purdue's team walked away with a trophy and $1,000 in prize money, The machine had an around-the-world theme that included King Kong climbing the Empire State Building in New York City, Big Ben in London, the Eiffel Tower in Paris, and several other landmarks. The competition plays off the work of Goldberg, a cartoonist known for depicting complex machines designed to accomplish simple tasks. Each machine in the competition had to use at least 20 steps in making the hamburger. Purdue's machine took 156 steps to make a hamburger, as I mentioned a moment ago. Last year's champion was Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan. Sadly, I didn't get a chance to talk to them yet, but I will, and I will do a five-part series on that. But I did get to talk to Michigan Tech University. They had a team. Matthew Tangway was the captain of the team at Michigan Tech University. It was their first year in the national competition. They had entered before, but this is their first time in the national, so congratulations. And I had this very casual chat with Matt recently which surprised me because it sounds like an enormously intense piece of work, but he was pretty relaxed. So you created a machine that built a hamburger, but this was not your ordinary hamburger project. Normally they take about three or four steps, but uh, how many steps did your team take to make a hamburger?
0: Um, we created the hamburger in 50 steps.
3: 50 steps. Wow. Yep. So what sort of things went into that? What did the contraption look like?
0: They gave us a 6x6 uh, six six workspace, 6 feet, and uh, we used tracks and pool balls, plastic shovels, buckets, and sand to uh, <laughs> set up um, a series of steps here
3: and there. So. so it was on a beach? Was that a beach theme?
0: It was a beach theme, yes.
3: And would you say that was probably a Lake Superior beach, or was it a particular, uh, did anyone um, come to mind?
0: <laughs> it's n- not really any particular beach.
3: Just, just a beach that just, makes a hamburger. Yep. So how did you uh, find out about the contest, and how did you get involved with that? Um, last
0: year, our president of ASME, which is the student organization, we build it through here at MTU. She had done it in high school, and she brought it up here with her, and and we took to it. And we built one last year, went to regionals. Um, we didn't win uh, regionals, so we didn't get to go to nationals, but we did.
3: We did this year. So. Excellent. So what did you build last year?
0: Uh, last year we built a uh, machine to juice an orange, and then we had to pour the <laughs> Orange juice into a couple, into a glass at the end. So,
3: wow. <laughs> so, how many steps did that take? About.
0: Um, that, that was our first year. We did it in. I want to say it was about thirty, but I'm not sure.
3: That's still pretty mm-hmm. impressive number of steps. Yep. <laughs> and did you have a theme for the orange squeezing one?
0: No, not really. It, like I said, it was our first year. We we were lucky to get the thing together. <laughs>
3: Well it probably takes a lot of work, doesn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> so what about how many days, weeks did you get did you lose any sense of time, I guess, putting this together? Do you have an idea how long it took to put the um, one together this year?
0: It's we've been working on it since we got back from Christmas break. So, wow. <laughs> and there are five or six of us working on it most of the time, so
3: that's dedication. Yep. What else goes into it aside from just physical labor?
0: Um, Coming up with ideas for steps is a big thing, and then once we figure out some steps, like what we can implement into the steps, which what things we have to go out and buy, and what things we should find in somebody's garage or some kind of the Rube Goldberg way.
3: Right. But, Was there anything you had trouble buying or that didn't quite fit when you put it together?
0: Well, we bought a lot of extra stuff, so we didn't use everything that we had bought or found.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. And what kind of shovels were you using? You said you were digging up, did you have a bunch of sand and you were digging it up with shovels in the process of that?
0: Um, We kind of use the shovels as like levers for certain things where something fall and hit the shovel and the shovel knocks something else over and (laughs) started balls rolling and stuff like that. But um, the sand in the buckets were mostly for weight to pull on other things.
3: Okay. And is there a favorite part of the contraption for you?
0: um I wouldn't have to say the device that actually uh assembled the hamburger. We had uh straws that kind of went through a pitcher, and then as a frisbee turned, it pulled the straws out, dropping everything onto
3: the hamburger. oh, great, all the different condiments
0: yeah um everything but uh,
3: ketchup and mustard and top bun.
0: so I oh. um, at that thing.
3: Were those done in a different step, or was that... Uh,
0: um, yeah, they were done towards the end. We had a shovel push the top bun on after a bucket of sand uh, squirted the ketchup and mustard onto the uh, hamburger. Well,
3: that sounds kind of like a strange dream, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so the question next should be, uh, how was the burger done? Medium rare or rare? Or? Uh,
0: uh, it was uh, done well, actually.
3: Okay. <laughs>
0: not, not something I'd go around eating. No. <laughs> um, we used a tomato and onion for uh, for the vegetables, and we had ketchup and mustard for the condiments. That's what the rules required: two um, vegetables and two
3: condiments. So, two vegetables and two condiments. Okay. Yep. What did you feel like when you were walking out into the room to present your contraption?
0: Uh, there's a lot of people, um, a lot of cameras. I wasn't exactly expecting that. Mm-hmm. So. Kind of nerve-wracking at first, but once yeah. you got used to it, it's all right.
3: Yeah. And do you have any ideas for future contraptions? Um,
0: I think next year we're going to try to uh, go with, kind of the Houghton area, uh, Houghton area theme. There's a lot of, like, history up here with the copper and stuff. So I think we're going to try to do that.
3: Copper mines and all yep. of that? Yeah.
0: And it's much more than that, though. I really don't have anything.
3: <laughs> you got a whole year ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to plan on that. Yep. And did you get to see the Purdue one?
0: Yes. Uh, I, w- I w- witnessed everybody there. It. Uh, they had a lot of... Um, they use like CO2 cartridges and stuff and electricity, and it worked really well. Cool. I think that's what got them. Got
3: the yeah. One well, congratulations on making the Nationals this year. Thank you. And thank you for talking to us, Matt. Matt from the Michigan Tech team that created the machine that created a hamburger in just around only 50 steps. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. Now, they did not, were not able to beat Purdue, which made, created a hamburger in 156 easy steps, but nonetheless, I would just die to see that. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. And life is complicated. Rube Goldberg himself was the person that the contest was named after. And a little bit of information on Rube Goldberg here he was a cartoonist. His cartoon strips were popular, but the work that gave him unforgettable lifelong fame was the character he created called Professor Lucifer Gorgonzola Butts. Mm-hmm. Using the character, he would illustrate inventions that later became known as the Rube Goldberg machine. A Rube Goldberg machine is an extremely compl- complicated device, very hard to say, complicated device that executes a very simple task in a complex, indirect way. This is now used as an expression to describe any system that's confusing or complicated and came about from Goldberg's illustrations of absurd machines. The first illustration depicting a Rube Goldberg machine was an automatic weight-reducing machine in 1914, using components such as a donut, a bomb, wax, balloon, and a hot stove to trap an obese person in a sound and food-proof prison who had to lose weight before wriggling free. He used many simple subjects and made them humorous, yet awfully complicated and tedious. This included scratching insect bites, scrubbing your back in a bath, opening a window, collecting mail, and finding a ball. Rube Goldberg. Yes, indeed. Now, here's a very, very complex recipe for fish, for bouillabaisse, for fish soup. It's not quite warm yet. We're expecting a snow blizzard May 6th, I think. So let's uh, get prepared, shall we?
2: your base, oh, oh, booya base, boo booya base. Wow, wow! About most soup. Crazy we're not But this soup is cool when it's hot Now some gals like to sit and knit all night and some gals just like to go out. Now these things don't seem to interest me much. I just like to put food in my mouth. Now there's a place down south. The New Orleans, where they specialize in French cuisines They cook a dish for which I'm devout When they serve it, you'll hear me shout Yeah! Bouillabaisse, bouillabaisse I ain't had a taste of it for days and days Vichy swas is a crazy dish But I can't get with it cause it's got no fish So if you wanna hear screams of admiration Here's a few tips on its preparation Say Misty Marco of the Better Bullion Base Bureau. Now you take the, uh, Fin of a minna and the scale of a whale. Yes. A small red herring and a lobster's tail. Got it. Add a barracuda with some cooking oil. Then you brew it all up to a nice slow boil. What else? Peel yourself an eel. Throw a big fat clam in. A lean sardine and some sock-eyed salmon. Uh-huh. Take the juice from a fifth of wine. Mmm. Mix it all together till it tastes real fine. You got Boon your base, boo, boon your base. Now if you want to cook it with expedience, here's a couple of added ingredients. Throw in the legs of a frog or two, with an onion and a grunion and you let it stew. Moist an oyster and I'll tell you what. Throw in some shrimp and some halibut. Add a box of locks and some real mad shad. About a pound of flounder jack. That ain't bad. Then you grab any old thing from the bar. You mix it all up with some caviar. You got Fool your you If you wanna have our admiration, repeat the pledge of the Federation. Fool your babes! Fool your Full your Here's a scoop. This group is crazy for soup. Full your
3: Yeah, life gets complicated, doesn't it? That's the Demarco sisters and Boulia Base. And if you were counting, as I know you were, I was, got your score sheets out there. It took 26 steps to make that Boulia Base, including repeating the Boulia Base pledge. Sorry, the pledge of the Boulia Base Federation. Now, I'm not a member of the Boulia Base Federation. I'm a member of the Liberation Front of Bullybase. That's a, that's a whole other story. We'll talk about the political aspects of Boulia Base probably on our next show. But I know you're you've been thinking for the last 20 minutes. What about Celine Dion? Well, that's what I think a lot. But did you know there is a website called Celine Dreams, devoted to dreams about Celine Dion? Friends can friends of Celine Dion, personal, personal friends of Celine Dion can submit their dreams to this website. You can go to CelineDreams.com, and there are now 70 of these people's dreams, and. Why would I want to learn about this? Because it's about food and it's complicated. Here, here we go. So Natalie, 15 years old, from the USA, has fan dream number 10. So it starts with a hockey game in Las Vegas, of course, where Celine is supposed to sing the national anthem. So Natalie says, I do not even remember Celine singing, but I suppose she did because I do remember going back to my dad and asking him if he taped it okay. Then all of a sudden I'm walking behind Celine in an airport and up an escalator. So it goes on for a while. She rides in a limo and then she says... Céline was hungry, so we went to a nearby mall and drove inside to look at the food places. Céline was very picky, and it took us a long time to find a place. I remember I started crying because I was so happy to be with Céline. We stopped at this cheese restaurant that was very weird because the menu was just a bunch of pictures of medieval men. Each picture stood for a different type of cheese combo. Mmm. I thought it was very weird, and I could not figure out what each picture meant. However, Celine did, and she wanted to order a number one. But Eric told her no, and he said that she was getting a four. They asked me if I wanted anything, but I said no. I remember looking at the car clock, and it was 4 a.m. I started to freak out because my, I knew my mom would be worried. I told Celine, and she said it was all right. She'd call her, and I would stay the night with them. And then I woke up.
2: The voice,
3: the voice, the voice of Celine Dion in the background here, which I really should have thought of playing on every single show, but it's the first time. Celine Dion, and speaking of, which, speaking of which, complicated things, how about complicated mating rituals? Celine Dion often makes me think of complicated mating rituals, and here's one that involves fish. We heard a song about fish, now here's a complicated mating ritual. This is from MSN's Encarta website. A minnow-like fish called the stickleback uses a system of interlocking releasers to orchestrate its mating. When its breeding season arrives, the underside of each male turns bright red. This color attracts females but also provokes attacks by other males. Red objects of almost any description will trigger male stickleback aggression. A female responds to the male's red signal with a curious approach posture that dis- <laughs> Let me try that again. A female responds to the male's red signal with a curious approach posture that displays her swollen belly full of eggs. This incites the male to perform to perform a zigzag dance that leads the female to the tunnel-like nest he has built. The female struggles into the nest, whereupon the male touches her tail with his nose and quivers. The resulting vibration causes the female to release her eggs for the male to fertilize. If the male fails to perform the last part of the ballet, the female will not lay her eggs. Vibrating the female with a pencil, however, which she can plainly see is not a male stickleback, works perfectly well. Although the male in this case, not having gone through the last stage of the ritual, refuses to fertilize the eggs and eats them instead. I think I remember a Celine Dion video to that effect. Okay, that's that's enough Celine, I think. Thank you, Celine Dion. Tune into CelineDreams.com to find out if all of your dreams will come true. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and it's all about complicated things in life. Now, earlier we had a very fun example of complicated things. Folks getting really creative and putting together a fun, complicated machine to build a hamburger in anywhere from 50 to 150 not-so-easy steps. Well, what about when the government gets involved in that? That is the question. When does the government what does the government do when it gets involved in complicated things? I have a book here, so it must be real. It's called Stupid Government Tricks. And this includes a twenty-two page Brownie recipe. Not all twenty-two pages are here, but nonetheless I do want to share with you some of the fudge brownie information from the Pentagon recipe book. Hold on, let's get some more Celine Dion back in here, you think? Oh, oh sorry. Okay. After six months and 175 work hours, the Pentagon finally issued its official recipe for fudge brownies. The document, file MIL-C-44072C, is 22 pages long. Some of the directions are as follows. The texture of the brownie shall be firm but not hard. I think this is another Celine Dion video. Pour batter into a pan at a rate that will yield uncoated brownies, which, when cut such as to meet the dimension requirements specified in Regulation 3.4F, will weigh approximately 35 grams each. The dimensions of the coated brownie shall not exceed 3.5 inches by 2.5 inches by five eighths of an inch. It's easier to put a camel through the eye of a brownie container than it is to... No, I'm sorry, I'm getting off the track here. Shelled walnut pieces shall be of the small piece size classification, shall be of a light color, and shall shall be U.S. number one of the U.S. standards for shelled English walnuts. A minimum of 90% by weight of the pieces shall pass through a 4, 4 16th inch diameter round hole screen and not more than 1% by weight shall pass through a 2 16th inch diameter round hole screen. And that's a beautiful thing. Now we also have the the recipe for proper pumpkin pie fillings. I'll just do a little bit of this because it's it's just almost too exciting. Good consistency means that the canned pumpkin, after emptying from the container to a dry, flat surface, holds a high mound formation, and at the end of two minutes after empty- emptying on such surface, the highest point of the mound is not less than 60% of the height of the container. Now, it also is important that the presence of vanilla be organoleptically detected, organole- organoleptically detected, but not to a pronounced degree. The specifics further stated when the cooled product is bisected vertically and horizontally with a sharp knife, it shall not crumble nor show any compression streaks, gummy centers, soggy areas, be excessively dry, or overprocessed. We can never accuse Celine Dion Records of being overprocessed. No, 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 no. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox for at least as long. I've been Mike our is here to help you face the music in just a second it's earth day coming up look for earth day events look around look around look around and try to make your life as complicated as possible that's what i do every day thank you for tuning in and we're gonna have a little bit of an antidote to celine dion right now this is xtc and would you know too many cooks in the kitchen yes okay this has been mike thank you it's wcbn fm ann arbor can i make this ending any more complicated what am i trying to say right
0: 7 o'clock, this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. It's time to face the music.